This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. We begin tonight's entertainment by listening to a program first aired in 1950 and starring Frank Lovejoy, the show called Nightbeat, and the episode is The Professor's System. Nightbeat. Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. My stories start in many different ways. This one began in the shattering turmoil of a manhunt and ended in the quietness of the morgue. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. People are always telling me how lucky I am to have a job where all I've got to do is walk around Chicago at night looking for a story. It's a dandy little job, sure. All you need is a pneumonia jacket, an extra set of art supports, and a goodly supply of penicillin, and you're all set. (laughs) The city at night, fascinating. That old nose for news, frozen stiff and ready to fall off. Those eagle eyes so watery and bloodshot from the wind, they wouldn't serve a self-respecting canary. Yes, sir, it's lovely work if you can get it. Brothers and sisters, have I got it. (laughs) Oh, I guess I was just bitter. I'd walked from the loop to the near north side, waiting for a story to tap me gently on the shoulder, and so far it was no hits, no runs, and no errors. The streets were empty. Everybody was home hugging a radiator. And then, far away, I heard that lonely blues-in-the-night sound. A police siren. And then another. And another. Then it seemed like there was a whole chorus of sirens singing about what a cruel, cruel world it all was. And then one siren separated itself from the rest and came closer. A prowl car coming down the street, stopping just a few yards away from me. And a police officer jumping out of it and hurrying to a call box. The officer passed under the street lamp, and I saw the excited look on his face, and I thought, all right, Stone, you lucky dog, let's go to work. This is Malachek. <clears throat> yeah, okay, we're on our way over there right now. Right. Uh, officer, just a second. What do you want, mister? What's up? Sounds like every squad car in the city's on the loose. Look, I got no time, mister. Read it in the papers tomorrow. Oh, I never touch the stuff. Look, the name is Stone, Chicago Star. Oh, reporter? Well, mildly, that's a general call, isn't it? I got no time to stand here, Gavin. I'll give it to you fast. Gig Sanvers busted loose. Sanvers? Great. When and how? Read it in your paper, Stone. All right, Crossan, let's move. They got him trapped. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Gig Sanders, two-time loser, a killer, loose in a city of four million people and everyone his enemy. I hurried to a phone, checked with the police, and then drove over to that part of Chicago called the Badlands. That strange area belonging to every city, surrounded by business section, yet itself run-down, deteriorated, filled with tenements and abandoned factories. It was there the police had thrown a cordon around a boarded-up building. My pass got me through and up to the front line, and police Captain Arlen. Hello, Stone. Oh, the hunt's on, huh? I don't know. We'll see in a minute. Sanders in that building? Got a tip he would be. Wait a second. All right, All right Billings. Turn the searchlights on the building. Keep two of them on the roof. Run the others back and forth. Right. Sticking around, Stone? Yeah, I guess so. You sure Sanders is in there? No, but we couldn't afford to pass up the tip. The tip? Where'd it come from? No, no, no. It's just a phone call. Huh? But Sanders knew this neighborhood like the back of his hand, likely to be here. Captain Ireland, ready with the speaker now. Okay, bring it here. I'll check. There's quite a crowd gathered for the kill. Yeah, making it tough for us. Sanders is armed like an artillery corps, and if he's in there... Now, I see what you mean. How'd he get away? Haven't got the full details yet, but he was being taken to the death house. Killed a cop. He's a nice boy. Here you are, Captain. Okay. All right. Here it goes. Sanders? Sanders! Listen to me! There's no way out of that building that isn't covered. Come out with your hands in the air. We'll give you 20 seconds. Hear that, Sanders? 20 seconds. We'll count them off for you. Now, what if he doesn't show? Tear gas first, then we'll go in after him. Uh-huh. If he comes out with his hands up, he goes to the death house. And if he doesn't... He'll come out. Rats always believe there's a chance to beat the chair. <laughs> well, there's life, there's hope. No sign of him. Malachek, come here! Yes, sir. Take the microphone. When I give the signal, start counting off 20 seconds. Yes, sir. You've given him more than 20 seconds. Not him, the crowd. They won't push in so close when the counting starts. Oh. Oh, look at them. Look at those faces. Perfectly normal human beings for 23 and a half hours of the day. Give them something like this for 30 minutes and they become a mob. Waiting, watching, hoping for the kill. People, Randy, want to change them? Uh, yeah, sure. We'll retool and put out a nice new eight-cylinder model with a convertible sole. Get ready, Manichek. Yes, sir. Captain, there's my story. Sandwich? No, no, no. That's for the front page, boys. That mob, that's my story. Look at that young couple right over there. Look at those two. They're hoping Sanders will come out shooting. Otherwise, they'll want their money back, huh? I suppose so. I'll see you later. Where are you going? I want to stand by that couple and listen to them. All right. Malachek, start counting. But warn him first. Once more. Sanders. Sanders. We're going to start counting right now. Come out with your hands in the air or we'll cut you in half when we come in after you. One... Two, three, four. I edged my way behind the young couple. They looked so nice and so human. But here they were, the same as all the rest. Nine. Go back just a little over a thousand years, put on a toga, and take a seat in the Colosseum at Rome. Have a great day watching the gladiators butcher each other. Cheer for the lions, or if you prefer people, cheer for the slave to kill the lion. Makes no difference. It's all the same holiday. Somebody gets killed. And then it started. Let him have it! It was all over in a few moments. The tear gas, the police rushing in with their masks on, the crowd straining forward to get a glimpse of Sanders. But there was no Sanders, and the police came up. Nobody in there, Captain Ireland. He must have been. No, sir, not a soul. We've covered every inch. Thank you.
watched the crowd, and strangely enough, there was relief on their faces, and even a little shame that they'd hoped for the kill. The young couple in front of me. He wasn't there, Ken. He wasn't there. I know. Come on. Let's get out of here quick. Ken, Ken, I'm, I'm sick. Evie, hold on to me. Let us through, please. Let us through. Yeah, here, this way. Come on. Will you clear the way, please? She's sick, mister. Maybe it's a natural reaction to disappointment. Huh? Nothing, nothing. Come on. We'll get through this way. Will you let us through, please? Excuse me, will you? Please. Thank you. She's got to sit down, mister. She's got to... Okay. Here, here's my car. Let it get in here. Kenny. Kenny wasn't there. He's... He's loose. Never mind. Come on, baby. I'll get you home. You better let me drive him. No. We'll be all right. Ken, I'm, I'm sick. I... Just a little while, Evie. We'll be home. Look, fella, it's easy to see what's the matter. She can't walk home in her condition. It ain't far. A block would be too far. I'll get a cab. No. I don't want anybody around us. Don't want anybody around you. That's a laugh. You bring her out here to this. Why didn't you take her on a nice tour through the packing house? Oh, shut up. What right you got to talk like that? The founding fathers gave it to me. You don't know nothing about it. You don't know. Ken, take me home. Look, my car is still here. You're in no spot to refuse help no matter what your reason. Now, come on. Let him. Let him take his Kenny, please. I... Come on. They live very close. It didn't take over three minutes to get to their tenement building. I wanted to take her to a hospital, but she refused. She refused in a way that made me look at her hard. And there was another thing, the way she reacted when the police found out Gig Sanders wasn't in the old factory. Terror. That's what it was, sheer terror. And I helped her husband carry her up the stairs and into their meager little flat. On the couch, mister. Yes. Okay. There. Now, have you got a phone? What for? Call a doctor. We ain't got a phone. But there's a drugstore. No, Ken. But, baby... We gotta get out. We ain't got time for a doctor now. Just... Let me rest. You're in no condition to refuse a doctor. I'm all right now. Yeah, yeah, sure. It ain't going to be for three weeks. That's what the doctor said. Three weeks? And you drag her out to that great exhibition? Why didn't you... Shut up. Told you before you didn't know nothing about it. Mind your own business and leave us alone. What are you looking like that for? What's the matter with you, with both of you? Nothing. Oh, yes, there is. You're scared stiff. Of what? Please go, like Kenny says. Leave us alone. Well, let me phone for a doctor from the drugstore. I, I, I won't come back. Just the doctor. Evie? No. We ain't got time, Kenny. Don't you know that? We ain't got time. He's loose, Ken. He's loose. Easy, baby, don't. <laughs> You're talking about Gig Sanders, aren't you? Why? Why are you afraid of him? Do you know him? Come on, what about a talk? No. Not to nobody. You're scared of Sanders. Why? Look, mister, you helped us, all right? Thanks. Now get out of here. We gotta tell somebody. I said nobody. You know what'll happen. We gotta tell. Mister, who are you? My name is Stone, Chicago Star. Newspaper. Newspaper. That frighten you? Maybe he can help. Maybe he can. Nobody can. You know that. I'll tell him. Evie, shut up. It was Kenny who tipped the cops. Evie. I had to tell somebody. Maybe he can help. That's the truth, Kenny? I Yeah. It was me tipped the cops. That Sanders was in the factory? I thought he might be, but he wasn't. All right, all right. Now tell me something else. How do you know so much about it? Come on, if you want me to help, I gotta know you're on the level, so tell me. Tell him. How do I know that he won't go straight to the police? How do I know that? We gotta trust somebody. We gotta. Can we trust anybody? Well, try it and see. I... Him and me in the same gang once. I did time, but I got out before he did. I went straight because... 
Because... Go ahead. It was for me. Oh. All right, now... How about the tip to the police? There'll be a reward, you know. Sanders is big time. I didn't do it for no reward. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Mr. Stone, help us. How? How can I help? By getting out now and keeping your trap shut up. And that'll help? No, you'll be back where you started. Your wife knows that. She wouldn't have asked me to help. Giggle, come after us. How would he know that you gave the information to the police? He'll guess. We used that factory plenty of times for a hideout. Nobody else knew how to get in. There's a cell away. All right, let me ask you another question, Kenny. What? Why did you tip the police? Gig. Gig hates me. Why? Kenny married me while... while Gig was still in the pen. Oh, you were his girl? No, I never was. I never was his girl at all. I was like everything else Gig liked. Everything was his, no matter who it belonged to. To him, a, a girl was like anything else. His, his gun, his clothes. Anytime Gig Sanvers wanted something, it was his. I never loved him. I, I told him, but... I just laughed, like what I felt didn't mean nothing. I see, and now... Now he's loose. He hates me because of Evie, and he's going to know I tipped the coppers. Mr. Stone, if it's the last thing he does, he's going to get us, Evie and me. You are listening to Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Those kids were scared, plenty scared. I asked them the only question that made sense, and I got my answer. Go to the police? <laughs> sure. A guy who serves time goes to the cops. He tells them he gave him a bum steer. They got every copper in Chicago around that factory while Gig gets away someplace else. Yeah, yeah, sure. They'd believe me, wouldn't they? Well, try it. I'll go with you. Listen, you don't know. I changed my name. I moved all over the state looking for a job. This is the only place I could get one. I had to come back here. So what does that prove? It'll be in the papers. He'll lose his job, Mr. Stone. I can't do that. Not with Evie. Now, what do you want me to do? Look, maybe if I give you a, a, a list of the places the coppers might find you, maybe you could tip him. And what if he doesn't show up? There ain't many places he can go. Look, maybe by this time he's out, maybe even out of the state. He's killed an officer. He won't dare to stay here. Gig, as long as he knows Evie and me are still alive, he'll stay. He hates me so much, he'll take that chance. Does he know you live here? No. I ain't even seen any of the old bunch at all. I moved around. Always moving to keep away. Mr. Stone, go to the police. But don't tell him nothing about me. Will you get it through your head that they'll protect you? Even so, Gig's got friends. If they find out it was me... All right, yeah. So you gotta go to the police... All right. Where's the drugstore? Right at the corner. You'll see it. All right. Stay right here. Keep your door locked until I get back. It was a short two minutes to the corner drugstore. I put in my call and started back to the flat. The street was quiet, deserted. The dirty tenements, a solid block of ugliness against the night. I reached the tenement entrance, and I was just about to start up the steps. Hey, pal. Huh? Don't turn around. Well, Stand nice and quiet. That's it. What is this, a hold-up? Sure, a hold-up. Now listen to me. Take out a cigarette. What? Take out a cigarette. That's it. Now light it. Act natural. Good boy. Now? Where are you? In your car at the curb, smart boy. What? Don't turn around, I said. Take a look up and down the street. 
I am. Coppers? No. Okay. Now come here to the car. You're gonna do like I tell you, understand? What do you want? Who? You know who I am, Stone. Yeah, I guess I do. Listen, I'm going up to that flat you come Don't do it, Sandra. Sure, I'm gonna do it. This gun says I can do it. Leave the two kids alone. Yeah. All alone. You're wasting time, Sanders. Time you could use to better advantage. Sure. Now step back a couple of feet. I'm getting out. Just stand there. Keep smoking a cigarette. Walk ahead of me. Straight in that house. Move. Stop you. Sanders, you're not going to do this and still have time to get away. Real concerned about me, ain't you? Don't worry, I'm a big boy. All right, give him a break. Sure, like they was going to give me. Now, listen. You're going back up to that flat. You're going to knock on the door, and you're going to tell them to let you in. That clear? What if I don't? So be a hero. I'll get in anyway. It's just easier this way. Okay? I, uh... All right. So let's go. The slow walk up the stairs was a nightmare. I walked down the hall toward the flat. The flat where those two kids waited behind the door that they thought would keep the terror and death away from them. Then, knock. Who is it? Answer. Sandvis, please don't do it. You can answer him. Who is it? Answer. It's Stone Kenny, but I... It was a long time. Inside. Ah! Shut her up or I will. Evie, 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 don't. Don't stop. Lock that door. All right, Kenny boy. Over on the couch. Gig, gig, don't hurt Evie. She's going to have... I see, yeah. Congratulations. Listen to me. Shut up. Stone. What? Get over to the couch. On your way, turn out the light. And stay in line with the window so I can see you against the street lamp. Now sit down, we'll talk. You gonna listen to me, Kate? Sure, I'm a wonderful listener. Only make it good and funny, huh? Even me fell in love, Kate. You ain't gonna blame us for that. <laughs> Evie and you fell in love. You think I worried about that? You think I cared what she did? Nah. It's what you done tonight. He was afraid, Sanders. Afraid that you'd come after him because of Evie. I thought about it, mister. Yeah, plenty. But I figured let it go. It ain't worth it. But this tonight is something different. Turning stoolie. You'll never get out of Chicago, Sanders. Every cop in the city will be looking for you. That's nothing new to me. Now you, Kenny boy. You did tip the coppers, didn't you? Kick. Listen. We're, we're nothing. You haven't got a chance, Sanders. <laughs> no chance? I always got a chance. My luck's good. You know why I wasn't in that factory, Kenny boy? Because my luck held. I had to get some dough first. <laughs> and you know where I was? In that crowd, just standing there watching. You were in the crowd? Yeah, like watching my own funeral, only the coffin was empty. And I saw you and Evie, Kenny. That's how I knew where the tip come from. All right, you're smart, Sanders. Now be smarter. You got us where you want us. We can't make a move. But if you kill us, you'll kill the time you need to get away. I got ways. Like I come here. I followed you in that cab, then hid in your parked car. Now, ain't that smart? Evie, you ain't said nothing. Big, you're you gonna kill us? Yeah, I'm gonna kill you, Evie. Sanders, you said your luck held. It can't hold forever. 
What you do when I was giving the police minute after minute to catch up with you, and they will sooner or later. You killed an officer, Sanders. You know what that means. Him or me, it had to be that way. Doesn't have to be this way. This way? What Kenny done was to save Evie's life and the baby's right or wrong. That's why he did it. What would you have done to save your own life? I killed a cop to save my life. That answer you? Yes, I guess it does. So it makes sense. That's a radio there by you, ain't it? Yeah. Turn it on. We're all gonna sit here and wait for the news. I'm gonna see how I'm making out. We sat in the semi-darkness of the room. The only light came from the window that faced the street. Then the 11 o'clock news broadcast came on. The meeting tomorrow will tell us more. Tonight in Chicago, the city's manhunt goes on for Gig Sanders, convicted and sentenced killer. Acting on an anonymous tip, the police surrounded the old Phillips factory, but Sanders had not been there or had escaped before the cordon could be drawn tightly. Meanwhile, rewards totaling $2,800 have been offered. Shut up! $2,800. A real nice nest egg. I can't even... There wasn't any reward. There is now. Sanders. What do you want, Stone? You said you were smart. So? What are you getting at? Maybe you forgot one thing. Yeah? You came here in a cab. So? The driver get a look at your face? <laughs> so give me that. The cops would be here long before now. Oh, no, Sanders. Only about a half hour has gone by since they tried for you in the factory. Figure it out. By the time the cab driver reports, by the time the police check... Shut up. You're wasting time. You got half a chance if you take it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you talked me into it. Okay, I'll get going. Gig. No. Please. No. Gig, gig, gig. Not, the, not Evie. Not the baby. The baby? Evie? I could have been rotten in that factory by now. What satisfaction will you get from this sandwich? Satisfaction? Everything in the world. You were friends. Yeah, friends. Did you tell them how good friends we were, Kenny? Did you tell them how we played in the same dirty, stinking streets? How we ate the same slop in the orphan asylum? Did you tell them all that? Big. Yeah, Evie. Did you tell them how I was always the one to get Kenny out of jams when we were kids? They tell you that, Stone? No, but you're thinking of it. Remember it. I am. Oh, I am. All Kenny wanted was a decent life. Even if it cost mine, huh? He wanted to live for his wife and their baby. And I want to live. For what? You shouldn't have said that, Stone. I didn't have nothing against you till you said that. I was going to that death house when I busted loose. I figured a million ways to get away, and I took the chance. When it come, I killed a cop, a cop. And I know what happens to a cop, killer. I know. Man, they're coming. I guess you were right about that cabbie. The minute the couples will all be set up and ready to get me. Yeah, but I killed a cop. That's how bad I wanted to live. But nobody wants me to. Nobody, you hear? Nobody. Listen, Sanford. You listen. A couple of weeks ago, there was a leopard loose. You know what the people said? You know, Stone? Yes, I know. They felt sorry for the leopard. That's right. Everybody wanted that leopard taken alive. Nobody wanted it killed but me. Me, I'm a human being, and they want to see me cut to pieces. Maybe because that's all the difference in the world between you and that animal. Is there? Is there? You're going to tell me the leopard would know better if he killed to get away. Well, I don't. No, because that's the way I learned to live. Because you didn't want any other way, Sanders. Because it was the easiest way. You grew up in a gutter. You never wanted to get out of it. Other men did. I ain't other men. I'm Gig Sanders. Gig Sanders. Gig, they're all around. You got a chance. Yeah, and that's dandy for you. Just what you want. No, Gig. No, I swear it ain't. You swear. Now, you listen. I'm going out. Yeah, but not with my hands up. And I ain't gonna die alone. Sanders, don't. 
Do one last decent thing. Let these kids alone. Gig, listen. I'll go with you. Kenny, no. Gig, Gig, I'll, I'll go with you. It'll be you and me again, like it always was. I'll help you get away. We can do it together, Gig. We always used to, me and you, remember? You're crazy, Kenny. If they think you're going out with him, you won't have a chance. I'll cut you down with him. You Kenny, won't. stay here. I gotta do it, Evie. You gotta see that. I have to do it. Gig, you wanna kill me, all right. I'll be dead if that's what you want, but I'm going out with you. I got a gun. I got a gun. Kenny, put it down. Don't. So you got a gun. You got a gun. All right, shoot me. Why don't you shoot me? I could have. Any time we were sitting here. But you didn't. You was always soft, Kenny boy. You see, Stone, that's the difference between him and me. Then shoot me. Go ahead, kill me now. But even if you don't, I'm going out with you, Gig. Kenny, you're not talking sense. Sanders, Sanders, we know you're in there. Sanders, this is Captain Ireland. Listen to me. Sanders. I'm listening, copper. Sanders, there are innocent people in that building. We'll give them time to clear. If you've got any human decency left in you, wait before you do anything. But I warn you, Sanders... Come out with your hands in the air. What are you going to do? You know what I'm going to do? Coppers! Coppers, I'm coming out! Right out the front door! Tell everybody else to stay in! Tell them! All right, Sanders. But with your hands up. Now listen, people. Stay in your rooms, lie down on the floor, and stay away from windows and doors. I'm coming, coppers! They'll kill your gig. Sanders, go out with your hands in the air. Oh, sure, sure. Now, Evie, Kenny... Gig! Sanders. Do it, then, gig. Do it and get it over with. Kenny, Kenny, boy, get where I can see your face. Think what you're doing, Sanders. Shut up, son. And the light by the window, Kenny. Now, let me look at you. Yeah. You said you'd go out with me. Yeah. Kenny, don't lie to me now. Don't lie now. I'll go with you, Kick. Swear it's the truth, Kenny. Swear it's the truth. I don't have to swear it, Kick. You're looking at me. Going out alone. Now, what about Kenny, Evie? That can rot in this stinking world. That can rot. Not me. I'm going out. I'm going out and meet all the coppers in Chicago. Gig, stay where you are. He's gone. He's gone. Sanders, come out with your hands up. Hello, coppers! There's $2,800 lying down there, Kenny. Better go down and pick it up. I don't want it. You had all the chance in the world. Why didn't you kill him? I couldn't. Gig Sanders was my brother.
Now it's almost dawn again, and I've written another story. It's a story that began a long time ago when a man looked up and answered a question with another question. Am I my brother's keeper? There's an answer to that, and our society has made it. Yes, you are your brother's keeper, but the kept must be worthy of the keeping. Copy, boy. Night Beat, a new dramatic series, stars Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Tonight's story was written by Russell Hughes. Night Beat is edited by Larry Marcus and directed by Warren Lewis. Music by Frank Worth. Others in tonight's cast were Ted DeCorsia, Georgia Ellis, Shepard Menken, Louis Haight, Herb Ellis, and Alan Slate. Frank Lovejoy will next be seen in Milton Sperling's production, Rock Bottom, released by Warner Brothers. Throughout the week, NBC brings you the very best adventure mystery dramas on the air. You'll hear action-packed, fast-moving plots to hold your interest right up to the smashing climax on NBC's thrilling mystery shows. During these stellar programs, you'll hear mystery and intrigue, adventure and high-tension drama. Match your powers of observation against the best in detective fiction in solving crimes and unraveling intrigue. There's fast-moving action to lift you from beside your radio into the romantic land of mystery and adventure. These exciting dramas are as interesting as tomorrow's race results today. And you'll hear them every night over most of these NBC stations. Remember, if it's mystery and adventure dramas you're tuned for, tune for the best on NBC. Listen next week at this same time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. The stories that come out of the shadows to find their way into Night Beat. Stay tuned for The Aldridge Family, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for a visit with Henry Aldridge, an endearingly bumbling kid growing awkwardly into adolescence. Tonight's story centers around a delivery bicycle. The wonderful thing about the teenage time of your life is the fact that you can experience it twice. Once in your own growing up, and more or less continually thereafter, and the misadventures of your own are your neighbor's Henry Aldrich. The scene opens in the Aldridge living room. The time is evening. Sam, I don't think you're looking at this from Henry's point of view. You're quite right, I'm not. I'm looking at it from Mr. McCall's, or whatever his name is, point of view. And if you'll remember, Alice, I advised Henry in the first place not to take that job unless he was sure he could stick to it. Well, dear, that's the whole point. Henry isn't working tonight because he isn't supposed to work. He's taking Eleanor to the spring dance at the country club. Yeah? Well, then what's all the fuss about? Well, there isn't any fuss. Mr. McCall down at the drugstore phoned a few minutes ago and wanted to know where the bicycle is. The what? 
The bicycle Henry delivers packages on. You mean he's lost it? Oh, no, Sam. Of course he hasn't. The bicycle is right out on the front porch. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, nothing, dear. Except that Henry didn't understand that he was to return it tonight. And don't you think Mr. McCall could be reasonable and let him bring it back tomorrow? Because there isn't any other way to get it back. Is there? Alice, you, um... You aren't by any chance leading up to the suggestion that I take the bicycle back, are you? My dear, that hadn't even entered my head. Would you want to? <laughs> I would not. And Alice, if his employer wants that bicycle, Henry should take it to him no matter how far it is. But, dear, do you think his employer realizes that Henry is only young once and that this is one of the most important dances the club is having all season? No, I don't imagine he does. Do you? Do I what? Yes, I realize a boy is young only once. And a man reaches my age only once. And I'm going to sit in this chair and read this paper and not deliver any bicycle. Mother, mother, are you too busy to fix my necktie, please? Oh, no, Henry. Sit down on the arm of this chair while I straighten it. Okay. Did I just hear you and Father talking about Mr. McCall's bicycle? You did. Well, look, Father, be sure to remember this. When you first push back on the brake, your feet will go all the way around once, but the second time around, you'll stop. <laughs> At least you'll usually stop. I won't stop at all. You won't? You mean Mother didn't have a chance to explain things to you? Henry, if I gave you the impression that I was going to ask your father to take that bicycle back for you, I'm afraid you misunderstood me. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask Mary to do it. Mary? Mary isn't even here. Well, she will be. She'll be back any minute. Well, are you sure? Because I feel very responsible for that bicycle. And Eleanor... And the dance. Well, you haven't one thing to worry about. Now, you run upstairs and put your coat on. Yes, Mother, sure. Thanks very much. Well, Sam, did you see that? Did I see what? How conscientious he is. Well, he wouldn't even put his coat on t until I assured him that Mary would take care of the bicycle. All right, Alice, just so Mr. McCall gets it back tonight. Oh, Sam, you talk as though returning a bicycle were the most awful problem in the world. Oh, yes, Mary, I'm coming. My goodness, Mother, look at what I've just done to my brand new stockings. Mary Aldridge, how did you do that? On that old bicycle out on the front porch. And, Mother, I was planning to wear these stockings to the dance tonight. Well, Mary, you didn't tell me you were going to the dance. Well, Mother, don't you remember I told you at breakfast this morning, and I'm late as it is. Well, you mean you haven't time to... to... I haven't time to what? Oh, oh nothing, dear. You're only young once. Go on up and get your clothes changed. I've got to put in a phone call. Number is... Elm 232. Elm 232. Mother, don't you think it would be all right if I tell Henry he has to pay for these stockings? Oh, Mary, Henry only earns 50 cents for a whole afternoon's work. And those stockings cost 98. No, Mother, they cost $1.15. Well, that makes it worse. Aren't you ashamed? Hello, Mrs. Brown speaking. Oh, hello, Elizabeth. This is Alice. Is Homer there? Why, just a minute, Alice. Homer, you're one on the telephone. Alice, while you're on the way down, I want to ask you, did you know about the Allisons' party? The Allisons? Are they giving a party? Yes, dear. I understand they've invited scads of people. Really? When is it? It's tonight. Tonight, Elizabeth? Well, aren't you invited? No. Oh, you mean you want either? Well, no. No. <laughs> well, I guess you and I just aren't included. <laughs> well, isn't that terrible? Oh, I'm not surprised about myself, Alice, but after all, you've entertained the Allisons. Well, that's the way things are, Elizabeth. You never know. <laughs> oh, just a minute, Alice. Here's Homer. Hello. Oh, 
Norma, can't you say hello, Mrs. Aldrich? I didn't know it was Mrs. Aldrich. Hello, Mrs. Aldrich. Hello, dear. Mother, could you be lacing my shoes? How are you, Mrs. Aldrich? Uh, Homer, how would you like to earn a little money? Some money? Why? Well, it won't be very much, but it'll probably come in very handy. Okay, sure. When do you want me? Tomorrow morning? No, dear, tonight. Tonight? Yes, dear. You can do the whole thing tonight. Well, I'm not working tonight, Mrs. Aldrich. I'm meeting Agnes at the country club. You're going to the dance? Well, are you sure you wouldn't like to do just one little errand? Oh, gee, no. I've got to save myself to dance. <laughs> well, I suppose you're only young once. What's that? Nothing, Homer. Goodbye, dear. Mother! Oh, come here, Henry. I'm afraid I have something I have to tell you. You have, Mother? Boy, how do I look? How do you like my hair this oh, way, huh? Henry. Gee, I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate your fixing things up for me. Are you sure Mary will be back in time? Mary's already back. The only thing is... Boy, that... Mother, there isn't another guy in this town who has a mother that... <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Henry, you don't have to hug me quite so tight. Oh. So what was it you wanted to say to me? Why... Nothing, dear. You go right on and have a good time. Okay. Good night, Mother. Good night. And don't stay out late. Okay. And you explain to Mary how responsible I feel about that bicycle. Well, hello there, Mrs. Aldrich. Don't tell me you're out wheeling a baby this time of night. Good evening, Mrs. Hooper. No, this is a bicycle. A what? A delivery bicycle. It has a sidecar. Oh, yes. Well, I recognized your face, but I couldn't place the sidecar. <laughs> I'm just bringing it over here to Mr. McCall's drugstore. It's very good exercise. Uh, uh, something I can do for you, madam? Why, yes. Are you Mr. McCall? Uh, uh, yes, ma'am. Well, I've just returned your bicycle for Henry Aldrich. Mm, oh, yes. Yeah. Well, where is Henry? I got a couple packages for him to deliver. Tonight? Well, I didn't know he was supposed to... Why did you think I wanted the bicycle? I understood the boy was responsible. Miss McCall, let me make one thing clear. Henry feels most responsible about his work here. Yeah? All right. Can you get him on the phone and tell him to come down here? Well, I'm sorry, but he left the house before I did. Yeah? You his sister? His sister? Why, I'm his... Oh, do I really? Yeah. Look, I've got a new store here. And I am trying my best to please my customers. A couple of orders come in and I promise them and then your brother lets me down. Now, what am I going to do? Well, if Henry's going to be put in a position of... of... You mean I really look like... <laughs> uh, where do the packages go? <laughs> you mean you'll take them out for me? Well, I'll... There's a dollar forty due on this ice cream uh -huh. and, and 90 cents on this cough medicine. Uh -huh. Yeah, and look out for the brake on the bicycle. The bicycle? Oh, you don't mean I have to ride it, do you? Lady, do you realize how far you have to take those packages? Well, my goodness. Uh, uh, hello, McCall's Pharmacy. This is Mrs. Ellison. May I ask about my ice cream? This is who? Mrs. Ellison, over on North Street. And I have a whole dining room full of guests waiting for that ice cream you promised to send over. Yeah, oh, yes, Mrs. Allison. The girl just left with it. Gee, Eleanor, this sure is a swell dance. Boy, am I having a good time. So am I, Henry. I never had a better time in my life. Hi, Eleanor. Oh, hello, Homer. Can I have the next dance with you? Oh, I'm sorry, Homer, but I promised it to Henry. 
You have? Boy, am I having a bum time. What's the matter, Homer? Agnes, Agnes. Do you know what she did? She was so anxious to get here, she ran out of her front door and rolled right down the steps. <laughs> so she had to go back and change her clothes all over again. Really? I'll see you later, Homer. Hello, Mary. Mary? My sister? Yes. There she is. Was she coming here? Oh, Eleanor. Oh, Mary, did you have any trouble with that brake? With what brake? Well, didn't you notice how your foot flips off the pedal the first time? My foot what? Mary, don't you know? The bicycle. I certainly do know about it. I tripped right over it, and you owe me a brand new pair of stockings. I do? Just for taking it back to Mr. McCall? For taking what back? The bicycle, the bicycle. Didn't Mother tell you? She didn't even mention it, Henry. Oh, boy. Henry, where are you going? I'll be right back, Eleanor, just as soon as I get something straightened out. Homer. Hey, Homer. What, Henry? As long as you're waiting around for Agnes, how would you like to earn 50 cents? Alice. Alice, are you upstairs? Alice. Hello, Sam Ollie speaking. Sam, this is Alice. What's that, Alice? When did you leave the house? Why, uh, quite a while ago, dear. And dear, I hate to bother you when I know you're reading your paper, but I'm afraid you'll have to come over and get me. Get you? Yes, I have a flat tire. Uh, you mean you took the car? Oh, no, dear. I have... Well, I took... Well... You what? Nothing, Sam. Just forget it. Goodbye, dear. Alice, what are you talking about? Alice, where are you? Hello, can you hear me, Mother? Yes, Homer, and I'm sorry, but your father says he absolutely won't help you out. But, Mother, doesn't he understand what's happened? Henry gave me 50 cents, provided I go over to his house and get a delivery bicycle he has and take it to McCall's drugstore, see? Yes. And just after I took the 50 cents and bought some punch with it, who do you think showed up? Who? Agnes, with a different dress on. And before she'd even dance, she had to have some punch. Boy, she went right through 20 cents. <laughs> and I wondered whether Father wouldn't be willing to deliver that bicycle for me, provided I give him part of next week's allowance. You're afraid Agnes will be hurt if you leave. Well, sure, wouldn't you be? Well, dear, I'll have a talk with your father. Only he has his shoes off, and you know what that means. Yeah, but, Mother, you know how to handle him. She was all you have to do is talk to him the way you do, and you can get him into his shoes. <laughs> uh, don't worry, dear. You go on with your dancing. After all, you're only young once. Get over on your own side of the street. what you're doing. Harriet, you're just the person I want to see. Could you take this package of ice cream into the Allison's house here? What are you doing? Delivering packages. Packages? 
For the poor? <laughs> Harriet, the Allisons are giving a party in there, and I have got their ice cream, and I haven't been invited. And well, So you'll just have to take it in for me. But, Alice, I'm late for a bridge party over at the Andersons. But don't you understand? Dressed the way I am, I can't go into the Allisons. And frankly, neither can I. They'll only think I'm trying to crash their party. Now, Harriet... Do you remember on your 13th birthday when you were too bashful to ask Bill Townsend to your party and I did it for you and you swore you'd do anything in the world for me any time I asked you? No. Harriet, you did I did not. Well, anyway, you're going right over by Maple Street. Could you at least leave this bottle of cough syrup at 227? Oh, is it important? It's very important. You see, Mr. McCall just started a new drugstore, and Henry's trying to help him out. Well, all right. And, Alice, if you don't want to see the Allisons, why don't you just leave the ice cream on the front porch, ring the bell, and run? Because there's a dollar forty due on it. Oh, and there's 90 cents due on the cough syrup. And don't lose it in the bridge game. <laughs> McCall's Pharmacy. Oh, uh, lady, I sent that cough syrup about nearly 40 minutes ago. I've got a new delivery girl, see? And she... uh, What? What's that? Oh, yes, well, uh, when the girl gets there, you give her the other bottle you want refilled and tell her to bring it back here. (laughs) Forget it. No trouble at all. Goodbye. Good evening. Oh, yes, good evening. Uh, Something I can do for you? Well, could you tell me... Have you... Seen my wife this evening? Your wife? Isn't this where Henry Aldrich works? This is where he's supposed to work. Well, what I mean is, uh, did my wife bring a bicycle down here? Oh, you Henry's brother-in-law? How do you do? (laughs) I beg your pardon? I don't want to complain about your wife, sir, but I sent her out with some packages nearly an hour ago. Some packages? And I've got some more for her to take out, and she hasn't come back yet. You mean Alice... My wife. And what I want to know is what you're going to do about it. What I'm going to do about it? I thought your family was the kind that could be relied on. We are the kind that can be relied on. That's why we're helping you out. What do you mean by we? I haven't seen you do anything yet. What's that? Listen, I'm going out and deliver a couple of these orders myself. You stay here and take care of the store. What's that? And if there's anything you can't find, just ask. Ask? Ask who? something. What, Henry? Well, let's sit this next dance out. All right. As a matter of fact, let's go out on the porch and get some air. All right. Boy, do I feel good. Ever since I got Homer lined up to take that bicycle back for me. It just goes to show. What goes to show? I mean, if you've got a job, see, and you're conscientious about it, it pays. Now, I was just talking to Mr. Scott a few minutes ago, and he asked me whether I wouldn't like a job working for him. Really? Provided I can give him some good references. Gee, I wouldn't hesitate a minute asking Mr. McCall for one. Henry, isn't that Agnes Lawson? Where? At the end of the porch there in the moonlight. Oh, who do you suppose that boy is? Hey, let's walk down and see. Wait till I tell Homer. Just wait till I tell Homer. Now listen, Henry, you keep away from here. Homer, is that you? Come on, Agnes, let's get away from here. Yeah, but but Homer, how about my bicycle? Uh, Don't you realize my whole reputation's at stake?
troubles of Henry Aldridge. Because she's decided her son is young only once, Mrs. Aldridge has consented to run an errand for Henry in order that he may go to the country club dance. The scene opens in the Aldridge front hall. Homer Brown's father is on the phone. Hello, hello. Elizabeth, this is Will. Who? Will, your husband. I can't find that bicycle of Henry's. Oh, did you look all over that yard? I walked into every tree out there, and there's still no sign of it. Well, where are you now? I'm in the Aldrich front hall. And Elizabeth, I'm in my house slippers, and I'm standing in water. In water? Well, I can't be responsible if they aren't more careful where they put their vases of flowers. <laughs> you just have to find that much concerned about it being taken back. Yeah. And he won't enjoy the dance one bit if he knows you've fallen down on him. Well, I'll give him ten more minutes and then I quit. Goodbye. Bye. Uh... Oh, hold your heart, man. Hello. Hello, is this you, Father? Homer, where are you? This isn't Homer, it's Henry. Oh, it is. Well, this is Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown? She was high. Get the wrong number. Goodbye, Father. I mean, goodbye. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's your bicycle? Hello? Hello? Excuse me, but could you give me some information? What is it you'd like to know, lady? Well, well, have you any idea where number 227 Maple Street would be? Let's see now. Isn't it this house right here? No, I was just in there, and they haven't had a cold all year. What's that? 227 Maple Street ordered this cough syrup, and I'd like to get rid of it so I can go to a bridge party. How about the house next door? Oh, I tried that one, too. They said they don't think there is any 227. Let's see the address on your package. Here you are. That's 227, all right. Or 277. His what? And that certainly says maple. Or is it marble? Marble Street! <laughs> Don't get discouraged, lady. You're on the right track. Now then. I'm sorry to keep you waiting, lady. Is there something I can do for you? Yes, sir. I'd like a chocolate frosted. <laughs> a chocolate what? Oh, that's something to drink, isn't it? <laughs> Certainly is. It's made with chocolate syrup, milk, and ice cream. Yes, and that's all? Yes, and then you put it in that mixer. Yes, well, that sounds easy enough. Now then, lady, we'll get a glass. <laughs> ah, here we are. Oh, isn't that a Sunday dish? Oh, I see. Uh, you want a big drink? That's right. <laughs> well, now, uh, here, how's this size? <laughs> oh, my goodness, do I got one that big? I think this is a drinking glass. Couldn't be just an ornament, could it? <laughs> now then, let's see. I guess the logical thing would be to start with the chocolate. 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 You wouldn't be interested in strawberry, would you? No, thank you. I got strawberry right here. Uh -oh. Lemon? Sarsaparilla? Maybe they keep the chocolate in one of these bowls. No, that's the cherries. How would you like to have me throw a cherry in? No, thank you. How about that other bowl? This one? Yes, that's what's in that. Well, I never saw anything like that before. It's sort of a lather. Isn't that whipped cream? Oh, so it is. It's been a long time since I've seen any whipped cream. <coughs> We're both wrong. It's mayonnaise. Isn't that chocolate right here? Oh, yes. Good for you, lady. Well, here we go. 
Isn't that quite a lot of chocolate? Are you going to have room for the milk? Well, if we don't, we'll get another glass and I'll drink part of it. Have you ever done this before? Uh, not as a general rule. Actually, I'm a lawyer. Oh. And you have to take this job night. <laughs> well, I have to take it tonight, anyhow. Now then, let's see. Ah, here's the ice cream. I wonder what they take it out with. Well, isn't there a scoop? No, and I certainly don't want to use my hands. Oh, my goodness, no. Oh, here's the scoop right here. Is that vanilla? Oh, yes. You can't fool me on vanilla. Well, the ice cream won't come out of the scoop. Well, all you have to do is squeeze that little jigger and it drops right out. Yes, I realize that. But for some reason, for some reason, would you excuse me a minute while I go out and back and see whether I can find a screwdriver? <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Are you Mrs. Allison's maid? I am. Don't tell me that's our ice cream. I'm afraid it is. I was a little delayed on the way. You were delayed? Wasn't that you I saw standing right out in front of the house for the last 15 minutes? Yes. I was trying to get some boy to... Well, that is, I'm sorry, but here's your ice cream. If you don't want it, you don't have to take it. Thank you. And there's a dollar forty due on it. All right. Now wait right out there. That's just what I intend to do. Oh, is he? Yes, Mrs. Allison. He's finally here, and it's they want to collect one dollar and forty cents. All right. Tell a boy I'll be right out and pay him. It isn't a boy. It's a girl. A girl. Yes, ma'am. <coughs> now then, young woman, here's your dollar forty and ten cents for yourself. Although you've been so long getting here, you certainly don't... Oh, my goodness. Is that you, Mrs. Aldridge? Why, yes, yes. Good evening, Mrs. Allison. Oh, where's the young woman I'm supposed to give this to? The young woman? The one who brought the ice cream. What did she do? Go on back to the store? Well, I... Well, yes, yes. Yes, I guess she must have. I'm so glad you decided to come. Where's Mr. Aldridge? Come in. Oh, no, I couldn't think of coming in. Why not? We'd love to have you. You're just in time for ice cream. No, thanks, Mrs. Allison. As a matter of fact, I don't know why I came over at all. Was there something you wanted, dear? Uh, no, no, just forget the whole thing. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> my goodness, did you hurt yourself, Mrs. Aldridge? No, no, I just fell over my bicycle. <laughs> Say, isn't anybody in charge of this store? The clerk just went around and back again. Oh, yeah? He's been mixing in your chocolate frosted for the last half hour. He ran oh. into a little trouble. Oh. And Mr. McCall, hello there. I'll be right out. Well, in half a minute, i got to get back home. Now then, what can I do for you? Oh, here's what I want to ask. That bicycle. Sam Aldrich. Hello, Will Brown. What are you doing in that apron? Why, Sam, I, I can't find Henry's bicycle anywhere. Where is it? Oh, that's all right. Alice has it. Uh, Alice has it? She's out delivering. She's what? Listen, Sam, have you bought this drugstore? Mr. McCall! Oh, Mr. McCall! Oh, my, Sam Aldridge! Harriet, where did you come from? Sam, I finally found 227 Maple Street, but the lady says I can't have my 90 cents until I get this bottle filled for them. What's it for? I don't know, but I've got a bridge game waiting. Well, just a minute, Harriet. Hello, McCall's Pharmacy. Good evening. Oh, Mr. McCall, this is Henry. This is who? Henry Aldridge, remember? I've called up to say I've resigned. Henry, this is your father. 
That's you, Father? Gee, was how did I get the wrong number? Goodbye. <laughs> Henry! Henry! Just a minute, lady. I'll be right with you. Here, Will, get behind the counter here and give me a hand. Who, what? Mr. McCall. Oh, Mr. McCall. Is that you, Alice? Sam Aldridge. How did you happen to leave the house in a dirty apron? <laughs> you want me to get chocolate all over my suit? Dear, have you got a dollar forty? Because if you have, give it to Mr. McCall right away because I'm quitting. You're what? Hello, McCall Pharmacy. Good evening. Is this McCall? It is. This is Henry Aldridge, Mr. McCall. Henry, don't you know your own father when he speaks to you? Listen, Father. I thought you said this was McCall. How do I keep getting the wrong number? Goodbye. <laughs> Henry! Wait! Uh, yes, Father. Do you want me? Why are you quitting your job down here? Because I've got a swell one with Mr. Scott. Doing what? Oh, it's nice outdoor work. Mixing cement. Don't you think mother would want me to take it? Now, uh, Henry, you're not getting your mother mixed up in any cement. <laughs> The years of World War II are beginning to fade in many memories in America. Children are growing up who don't remember the names that made the rest of us shudder, like Pearl Harbor, Iwo Jima, Anzio. It's easy to forget over here. But in Europe, the scars of World War II are still raw. Hunger still stalks the land. Children are starving, and old people are dying from malnutrition. There is one organization that helps in the battle against the war-born hunger, CARE, C-A-R-E. CARE prepares scientifically selected and packed food parcels for distribution overseas. Delivery is guaranteed, and mass purchasing and planning provides the greatest economy. CARE is the best way to send parcels to relatives or friends abroad. And for those who wish to help CARE select families abroad to receive parcels donated for anonymous recipients. If you want to aid the fight against hunger, send your dollars and dimes to CARE New York. And if you have people in the war-torn lands... Remember, show them you care through care. The Aldridge Family is transcribed as written by Clifford Goldsmith. Henry is played by Bobby Ellis and Homer by Jack Grimes. Mr. and Mrs. Aldridge are House Jameson and Barbara Robbins. Your announcer is Dick Dudley. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, we wrap up the week with Philo Vance, followed by the Bickersons. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell, Paul Stringer, and Justin Eacock for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.